but it feels good. Good like Mad Max. Melt hot wax with my eye contact. Get high off my own contact. Peace is all I'm trying to contract. Peace is all I'm trying to contract. Did you hear me? I said, peace is all I'm trying to contract. Sign on the dotted line. Silent like a mime. But you will feel me every time I drop a line. Inspired by the greatest minds. I write to survive. Maybe I survive to write. about there's something evolving wherever may come the world keeps revolving they say the next big thing is here that the revolution's near but to me it seems quite clear that it's all just a little bit of history repeating Another edition of the Smoking Rhyme Show. It's Rex 45. I'm on the mic tonight. We're going to have some fun tonight. And as much fun as we can have with all the uh, things that have been happening. Well, I mean, all the things that are always happening all the time. But, you know, in the minds of, of, of our most folks uh, in the last few weeks, um, recently over the past with this weekend. Um, but with that said, we're going to. Have some good poetry. My name is Rex45. You're listening to the Smoking Rhyme Show. I am here every Monday night, midnight to 2 a.m., giving you um, poetry and some marijuana talk later on in the first hour and in the second hour. So, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to be nice. And I'm actually feeling good tonight because, well, I feel good most night. But tonight particular because I'm, like, in studio, like, you know, no shoes on, just barefoot, lights are, like, completely it's dark in here and and i mean I'm, I'm i'm missing probably a couple of things but it's okay i'm for the most part it's a it's a, it's a pretty good good vibe so we're gonna have some fun tonight um give me a shout 617-440-8777 uh let's uh we'll have some fun and and, and talk about uh poetry and um you know whatever whatever is going on it's, it's that kind of monday night so 
you know i'm i'm going to be talking about whatever i know there's some shows uh coming up as well uh if you're in the boston area to check out i will uh get those to you a little later on in the show so the weekend is uh you know it's pretty good for me it was kind of laid back didn't um didn't do too much was relaxing i mean working out a little bit because next weekend i have a uh, big race coming up so uh, i'm trying to uh, get my mind in that um in that, in that frame of of racing and, and planning and all that fun stuff so it's just chilling you know gotta get the body right so it's um but there were some uh, shows over this weekend as, as well so people are having fun so um let's see i'm gonna um get you into some poetry first up this one is gonna be mother loves me um as soon as i can what's the word i'm looking for navigate <laughs> to it it's uh it's that kind of night i'm i'm, I'm, I'm totally um all right, I'll stop talking. Here's the poem. In India, stigma of mental illness hinders treatment. Father says he loves someone before I knew mother. Father says lover would fall down and shake violently, yes, shake violently. Father says lover wanted to go to sleep. Father says lover's parents didn't tell him she was sick. Father says they were ashamed. Father says they had denial. Father says lover is in a better place now. The subject of mental illness is still by and large a taboo topic for several Indians. Mother says she doesn't want to take me to the doctor. Mother says I'm not sick. Mother says sick is bad. Mother says sick people go to sleep. Doctor gave me tiny blue circles to feel better. Mother says I shouldn't eat them. Mother's very angry at the doctor. Mother says the doctor is wrong. Mother says nobody will marry me now. Nobody will marry me now. Mother doesn't like me eating tiny blue circles. India is currently suffering a mental health crisis. Mother's very angry at me. Mother's very angry at me. With only 43 government-run mental health hospitals, Mother is ashamed of me. Mother is ashamed of me. Only serving a population of 1.2 billion. Mother says no more acting. Mother says no more acting. Faith healers have filled the gap. Mother says no more blue circles. Mother says she wants me to see a man. Mother says he's a very nice man. Mother says he'll spin tiny black and white circles in my eyes and make me feel better. Yeah, I feel better. Mother says no more blue circles, no blue circles. Mother says stop speaking like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, stop speaking like Dustin Hoffman. Mother thinks my sickness makes me like Dustin Hoffman. 
Uh, mother's very angry at me. Mother doesn't like the way they look at me. Mother says family looks at me strange. India is mentally ill or often locked away in state-run understaffed institutions. Mother's very angry at me. Mother's very angry at me. Where they are stripped of basic human rights. Mother's ashamed of me. Mother's ashamed of me. Others are picked up by quack killers who tortured them. Mother doesn't love me anymore. Mother doesn't love me anymore. Or they get dumped in the jungle. Mother doesn't love me anymore. Why doesn't mother love me anymore? Mother, why won't you love me anymore? Mother, will you be happy if I go to sleep? Sick people go to sleep. Sick is bad. Denial is bad. Sick is denial. Denial. Yeah, mother has denial. Mother has denial. A couple have poisoned their 35-year-old mentally ill son and committed suicide near Mother Eye District. Oh no, no, mother is sick. No, mother has denial. No, 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 mother, mother isn't ashamed of me. Mother loves me. Yeah, mother loves me. Mother's just sick. Mother's just sick like me. Oh no, 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 sick is bad. Sick is bad. No, mother can't be sick. No, mother can't be sick. No, mother is ashamed of me. Mother hates me. Mother doesn't love me. No, mother can't be sick. Mother isn't sick. Sick is bad. No, denial is bad. No, denial. Denial is bad. Sick is bad. No, mother can't be sick. Mother can't be sick. Mother can't be sick. Mother can't be sick. So this is how it feels. I'm sorry, Mother. Because children are starving to death. Because parents are not earning enough to survive. Because families are being banished. Exploited. Slaughtered. And the first thought is to, to drop, drop a, a wall. wall. Because Trump exists. Because his supporters exist. Because people cannot enter legally or being denied refuge. Education. Help. Because immigration is not an evil, it, it is survival. survival. Because no one wants to abandon their homes. Because no one is a servant. Because no one wants to clean for a living. But they, but do, they do want, want to live. live. Because Mexicans are either lazy or want your jobs. Because labeling us rapists rejects our humanity. Calling us murderers deems us worthy of death. Because if I wanted to be just, just white, white, I could. But I'm not, and I, and I will, will not, not disown, disown the parts of myself I've been instructed to shame. Because my origin is just the type of woman you want to fuck. This accent, this voice can be exotic, but, but not, not deserving of a continued breath. Because my broken English means I own another language. Because my first language does not make me second class. Because the world will embrace Latinx culture long, long before they, they embrace Latinx humanity. Because my race is not a token. It is not your diversity quota's gift. It is not brown roots assimilated into white skin expected, expected to, to detach itself from my people's suffering. suffering. Because natural rights are not reserved for Americans. 
Because Mexicans, no one asks why Mexicans are coming to the United States. Everyone, Everyone asks, asks why, why they, they are leaving, leaving Mexico. Mexico. Because the same governments burning their homes are the ones confining them there. Because NAFTA. Monsanto. Driscoll's. Because, because made in Mexico. Mexico. Because blood gets in all the cars, food, and gold. Because sweatshops are not Mexican charities. Because, because American, American companies, companies have prized profits over people. people. Have made machines of their bodies. Have made humans disposable. Because I purchased the goods, I funded, I funded the, the massacre. massacre. Because Mexico is my blood. Because, because I, I have massacred, massacred my own blood. blood. Because we will not be co-opted into complicity. We will not be assimilated into repression. Because Mexican journalists are being murdered every day. Because the truth is being hunted. Persecuted. Sentenced to die under Fox News. Because silence is the enemy of a bleeding state. Because silence is a nation's gasp. Pretending, pretending it's, it's not choking. choking. Because... Mexico is not only drugs, weapons, or El Chapo. It is not either criminal or victim. Mexico is 5,000 protesters marching for peace. It is hundreds demanding a president find their 43 children. Mexico is rebellion at the sight of death. It is persistence. It, it is, is refusing, refusing to, to stop because we will not sever this legacy. Because our blood is not starting to speak. It, it is, is persisting. It, it is, is refusing to stop. stop. It is resilience across a border. Transcended through a generation. It, it is alive. alive. Yvonne. Y grito de guerra. Welcome back to Smoking Rhymes on, on UB87 FM. It's Rex 45. I am on the mic tonight. It's Monday night. We're here every Monday night, midnight at 2 a.m. Wow, those two poems, right? Um, you, that first one was it, it's a it's a pill to swallow, isn't it? That's how I, that's how I thought about it anyway. It's a, it, but when you think about it and 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 it's like wow, right? Um, you know, and you know, and and you know, you have to. What's what's the words I'm trying to say? It's tough when 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 people are against um, getting help for folks who need help. Um, it, it, it's just a difficult, uh, I can, I can imagine, no, I know it's a difficult place to be in because when you're, when you're healthy, it's difficult to navigate the system, much less, uh, when you have, um, issues that, 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 that may slow you down. So, um, yeah. Wow. And then the second one, um, you know, that, that's, I don't know, you know, yeah, yeah. It, there's an election going on people. I, I think, you know, and and the uh, Republican convention is happening, and you know there is. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I think that's as we were talking yesterday on the uh, sports fanatic show. Um, you know, I, I I think we have to pay attention because you know change. This this the system is a difficult one to 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 wrestle down. Uh, and it seems like you have to have people on the inside to make that happen. It's not just going to happen from the from the outside. Um, and I think history has also proven that. So uh, you know, I, I, you know, if all is involved, you know, uh, all have uh, options. And I got some ideas too. So I will uh, later on um, tell you what those are because they, you know, I surprised myself when I was like, eh, you know, that is a good idea right there. Um, and and you know, it's it's. No, it'd be nice to have peace. I'm gonna get into some more poetry because you know I can, uh, you know, take the mic and just not give it back. I don't want to do that now. This one right here, um, Kate Hoy. In which every poem that I write becomes a poem about my body. Yeah, yeah, you know. 
in which every poem that I write becomes a poem about my body. Every day when I wake up, I find my body sleeping next to me. I can never get out of bed without waking it too, which is a shame because my body always seems to be dreaming. Sometimes, as I get dressed, I ask what a dream's about, but my body never replies, only rolls out of bed and heads straight for the shower, where it will use all the hot water. You see, my body is selfish. It knows only how to take and never gives. It comes into the kitchen every morning and drinks my milk. It treks mud on the carpet. It never knocks, always enters unwelcome. My body takes up more space than it deserves and knows it. Wherever I go, it likes to keep me in its shadow. I'm not sure anyone has ever seen me in plain sight. Lately, my body has started telling me bedtime stories that give me nightmares about loneliness. I think maybe my body is getting desperate, that it just wants me to love its everything. When I write, my body comes up next to me and takes off all its clothes, naked, it never learned how to dance, only how to hide. So it finds a hiding spot in my mouth, unhinges my jaw with both hands and steps inside. It treks mud on my tongue. I swallow and my body always goes down the wrong way. Gets lodged in my windpipe. Doesn't let me breathe without reminding me of its presence. So of course, every poem that I write stinks of my body's breath. Of course, all my words sound like attempts to outrun what has already caught me. Afterwards, my body crawls out of my throat, dripping. As it gets dressed, it asks me if I feel any better. I think maybe if I say yes, it will leave me at last but my body has always stayed. Call it loyal, if nothing else. It's a little monologue from the perspective of my vagina. It's not, well, okay. <laughs> vagina monologue. <laughs> it would be so easy to think the boy hardened over the wound of me, but that isn't true. Just because I was stone once, and everything a child with a hammer standing over me, and just because we know how the story goes, doesn't mean I won't say the words, doesn't mean I won't sing. And another thing, the boy is a boy, and there are countless ways to wreck what must be wrecked. But aren't I the river he will lead the man to drink and then be drowned? Here, the world vanishes inside him, and never again the other way around. Thank you. And an asshole whose opinion you didn't seek makes a comment about your makeup. Pull out your compact mirror and politely ask him or her to turn themselves inside out for you. This is the poem that I've been afraid to expose my scars in. 
This is the poem for every poem that uses cliche wordplay and metaphors to conceal a disgust for makeup under the mask of empowerment. The queen, you don't need makeup to make up for something you are lacking poems that are as overdone as YouTube tutorials. I hear you. But your preference for my natural beauty has not been there on the days when I've been brave enough to face the world barefaced. And you forced your stares, comments, and recommendations into my already irritated skin. It has not been there on the days when no matter what I've tried, acne and eczema were still hell-bent on leaving their mark. This is not vanity. It is survival. It's the only way I can avoid having smudges of your jokes rub off on the collar of my self-esteem. For those women who proudly proclaim, I don't need makeup, well, congratulations. I'm sure there are a plethora of other things you need in order to be more than just pretty. Or those men who profess, I don't like women who wear makeup, well, I don't like men who wear little dicks, so stop being one. This is not your cross to go bare. Forget walking a mile in my shoes. Your ass wouldn't last one step outside the front door in my skin. This is not shame. This is cringing each time I hear someone say the word makeup as if it is a curse when the only curse has been my bad skin and makeup. Makeup has been a blessing. So your preconceived notions for why I'm a cover girl must have been placed in Photoshop because the line you have crossed has become blurred. Not all of us have the privilege of using hashtag no filter or hashtag I woke up like this. Some of us wake up dreading the breakout brewing beneath our epidermis. This is for those of us who paint not to change our landscape, but merely to smooth out our canvas. This is not self-hate. This is loving the skin I'm in, even if it is only an illusion that can be washed away with soap and water. This is avoiding water parks and swimming pools. This is not seeking a flood of compliments. This is not choice. It is a lack of one. It's being born a leopard and unwillingly put on the spot, unable to hide your own. See, nature has always had a way of randomly selecting which of its creatures will bear a defect. And on some days, I wish I were reptile enough to crawl my way out of this skin. But there are those days when I tell myself that this is not hyperpigmentation. That at night when I'm asleep, God just holds my face so tight in admiration that he leaves his fingerprints on my cheeks. This is not me wishing to be something I'm not, but me passing as something I already know without a shadow of a blemish that I already am. And that, y'all, is fucking beautiful. Welcome back to the Smoking Rhyme Show on the all-new B87FMS Rex 45. I'm on the mic tonight. Uh, giving you some, uh, you know, some, 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 some fun, some fun, some fun. Um, that last one right there, uh, I really like that one a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I, I think, you know, that's the, from my own point of view, that's the, that's the, that's the best explanation I've heard so far. And that's pretty good. I like it. And, and, and she has a valid point. Um, so you know, uh, her name is Icon, and the poem is called In My Skin. Before that was uh, Cam Awkward Dash Rich, Rich, as you know, Vagina Monologue. I like that one, too. That was uh, pretty, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of words. I suppose that's why I'm on a show called Smoking Rhymes, uh, uh, playing poetry and, and spitting poetry and talking about poetry. Um, and, 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 you know, when, 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 you know, there's, yeah, whatever. There's a certain amount of ideas, uh, uh, but the way you, you, you know, as the, uh, icon use, you know, you paint your canvas, 
um, is different. And, 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 you know, with words, it's, you know, it's, it's, it was, those two, those two poems were pretty, pretty good, pretty good and, uh, full of words and, and full of just, you know, for lack of a better word, understanding. Cause it was just like, wow. And that, and she said it like that. And I was just like, oh, and like that. And wow. You know, and just then the, just the play ons and, and, and stuff that happens in there where it's like, you know, if you're, if you're paying attention, it's just like, oh, okay. Um, you know, I like that. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, you know, I won't go on and say what I don't like about, um, poetry, well, poems that I like and, and stuff like that, because, you know, who am I to say what I like? You're listening to the Spoken Rhyme Show. Uh, it's time for me to, uh, play some more, uh, poetry. Give me a shout though, 617, uh, 440-8777. We got some shows coming up July 26th, so I might as well get, get, get into that you got um femi coming to town that one right there is going to be pretty good femi cuddy and a positive force at brighton music hall on the 26th it's a tuesday night go check it out you got yellow man coming to town august 19th yeah like like i've been saying forever and a i won't even say a day but i've been saying it for a while um, you gotta see Yellow Man if you haven't, if you if, if you if you haven't seen him yet. Is, is all I can say because uh, he's 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 part of the foundation for reggae music. And if you're a big reggae head, you gotta see Yellow, King Yellow Man. There's a reason why they call him that. If you don't already know, let's get back into it. This one, next one is uh, Greg Harry's. This one's called Beast. I actually like, uh, I guess, well, no, you know, there's some poems that I play that I'm, I may not be a big fan of, but uh, they're still worth playing. So you don't necessarily have to, you know, love everything that you're doing for sure. Um, but this one I like, and, it, and it's, and it's um, I won't say anymore. I'll just let's get into the poem. Reached into the arm into the cage and pulled her arm back bloody. Jack Inlan, let me give you a hand. <laughs> hand to God. I never thought something like this would happen in my city, but since we have puritanical moms screeching about their daughter's purity at our school board meetings, and a governor who is smuggling drugs into the United States so he can keep doing le- lethal injections, honestly, maybe this is just the next step of Omaha turning into Tampa. Jacqueline. <laughs> Pinky swear, was your Halloween costume Princess Jasmine? Did you think the tiger would be your Raja? That you could ride its broad back to your Prince Ali? That it would show you a whole new world of fluffy feline ecstasy? Jacqueline, tell the truth, no crossed fingers. When you reached through the cage bars, did you feel the tiger's hot breath roll down the supple valley of your palm? And did you laugh? Did you smile, even as that same hot breath rasped from between its two closing jaws? Jacqueline, the tiger that bit you, is named Mai. 
Mai was captured at the age of three months, a cub in a poacher's snare. Her arm was mangled beyond beyond repair. She had to be brought into captivity, her left leg amputated to save her life. Jacqueline, when you made your way to her cage, alcohol, and who knows what else, addling your mind, did you know about Mai's missing paw? Did you know about her fear of dark and snares? Did you know about the way she would react to a hunter reaching out to her? Did she smell the twist of reason, the poacher's breath on your mouth? Did she know to be afraid? Jacqueline, was she just jealous? Jacqueline. Mai is a wild beast clasped in iron. She eats her meat raw. She knows the scent of blood, her own and others so well. Jacqueline, I know the beast of alcohol so well. I keep it in my own dark wrought iron cage of rules. I hear it pace. I hear it pant. I smell my own family's blood hot, rotting on its breath. Jacqueline... When I meet you at meetings, I know that you are going to have the best story for your rock bottom. But for me, now, as I stare down the glare of each new drink I take, and I feel it snarl down my throat, recite the list of rules I use to keep the beast at bay, but then feel its own breath roll over my own tongue. Jacqueline, I pray each night that if this is the night the beast takes me, that it only takes my hand. The lady at the VA. After Elizabeth Velasquez. Suicide. Sure. Who hasn't? But if I thought there was hope in death, if I believed in a thing with feathers, if it had convinced me that I could fly, I'd have been jumped from a perch atop some bridge to stretch my wings by now. Fortunately, I'm far too grounded. A stump of a woman without that kind of time or luxury, a giving tree willing to sacrifice limbs to provide for family after my mother collapsed. When the iron my daddy molded into buildings and bridges wasn't strong enough to support a daughter in college and I enlisted in the army. Yes, I've considered suicide. How'd you guess? Does my smile remind you of dying, of taps, of tightly folded flags, some keepsake for my next of kin like the coffins, fallen soldiers, a return to their hometowns, and I didn't get to choose this box. You don't just get to check a few boxes at a mental health screening and decide how to save me like, yes, I'm angry, yes, I'm sad, no, I don't drink, like I'm not here for happy hour, some mixed cocktail of Paxil and Prozac, I don't want to hear about the side effects of keeping things bottled in if you're only offering milligrams of your expert opinion. If you could, you would bury me and sleeping pills and antidepressants beneath the memory of being buried by, wounded by one of my own, the staff sergeant who cocked my hips into position, fired at will the prayers that he'd missed the child, ripped from my womb when he didn't. It's been said that war is boredom, interrupted by moments of sheer terror. I've been home for years, kept quiet as a desert, 
But this morning, I shoved the fabric of my uniform into my mouth, screamed until there was nothing left of him beneath my skin. In your waiting room, I read about the difficulties of demining, how easy it is to lay landmines, the dangers of digging them back up like the past. You asked if I've ever considered suicide. Yes, but I'm not here because I want to die. I'm here hoping to remember what it's like to be held without exploding. You're listening to the Smoking Rhyme Show on the All New B87 FM. Strex 45, I'm on the mic. I'm here every Monday night, midnight to 2 a.m., giving you that poetry. And uh, a little bit later, and actually in probably about three, four minutes, we're going to um, talk about some marijuana or cannabis, as it is um, professionally known. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you know, what do you think? Those two poems. Uh, Greg Harris, Beast. I, I, I like the parallel or juxtaposition. Um, and what a story, right? You know, rustling with things. I, I, I mean, you know, that one, that, that one was, 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 uh, it was up there. Right? It was, uh, from, the, from the animal perspective being caged and then being able to twist that into, you know, drinking and rustling. That's, that was, that was pretty good. What do you think? Give me a shout. 617-440-8777. Um, I, you know, I, that was, was good. I, I like Greg's poem. That poem was, I mean, you might hear that again on the show. And then after that was Cassandra Faith. The lady in the VA hospital wanted to know if I ever thought about committing suicide. It's a long title. And, um, huh? Yeah. He's, um, you know, poets. What do you, what do you? You know, it's impressive. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm still blown away how many, you know, I, you know. I guess I should probably check the stats and see what it's like. You know, you know, at different times, you know, how many people is actually writing. But you know, there's, there's so many good poets out there. It's crazy, um, writing poetry, and 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 giving it to you for uh, essentially uh, free. So, um, which is the other side? So everybody gets it. And now it's here on this program, Smoking Rhyme Show. And you guys get to um, check it out. Yeah, it's crazy. My name is Rex45. I'm going to get one more, and then we're going to get into this thing called Cannabis Talk, a.k.a. the Pot Cafe section of the show. And it's tonight's going to, to be good. We're going to be uh, we're gonna talk about male and female. Ending in a jukebox on fire in Ohio. And the Lord said, Let every living tongue know the painting of goosebumps across naked skin. And there you were. And the Lord said, Let us imagine thirst 
only as a long journey to a deep blue river's cool bed and you flipped your hair, rubbed your crotch on a mic stand on television while I watched through a small crack between my grandmother's fingers. And the Lord said, Thou shalt not dip thieving hands into the temples of my sweet children, and you bent your name until it fit into the mouth of no one. Years after this, in the bar on Livingston Avenue, I spent nights pulling the gum from my teeth and rolling it into a ball and sticking it underneath their chairs before leaning my lips into a neck or a shoulder a mouth flowing into a mouth, flowing into another mouth, an entire lineage of desire built from your hands. And yes, I have been so desperate for a hero that I have walked two pants pockets sagging under the weight of stolen coins. I have given everything I have over to a juke in hopes I would cough up one of your songs the way it was meant to be heard, a long, slow undressing of whatever sorrow had whispered itself beneath our bones. And yes, I too have rendered myself nameless for the sake of becoming memorable. And yes, I too have been so eager to be called anything that I have fallen across a bed and let someone else's desire name all of the things that I could not name myself. And the Lord said, None of my children will make false idols. And the Lord said, none of my children will make false idols, for I have made the real thing. And there you were. On a bike, a purple halo of smoke at your back. There you were, in all black, a fingertip pressed between your grinning mouth. There you were with an afro, unbothered and still young. There you were, a million bodies inside of one body, the whole of any lover you had ever taken. And I watched you sin and be forgiven and sin again without batting an eyelash. And I watched the lightning dance around you for so long, I began to wonder if you invented it yourself, if it came from the same hands that made the guitars rattle a harsh light into the bedrooms of anyone who had starve themselves on the anticipation of wanting, surely this was you. The brief, bright flame, a gift, a blessing when it falls upon the face, too beautiful to be cloaked in darkness for another second. The nighttime is everyone's mother, each of us, first crawling from it, loud and lost and returning after every sunset to tuck our faces into its soft chest and beg us never to be alone, and yet here we are. I first learned of your leaving by the way my friends spoke of the weather, by the way they smiled in the remembrance of clouds, and I guess this is the best legacy. Anything wet and eager enough to consume the skin can be called a baptism. I have been made holy 100 times over. I have been made holy two times in one night. I have run out of a storm and into a bedroom, drowning in sweat. And I imagine this was always your will. And the Lord said, we must honor our mothers. So I pull the face of the moon close and kiss it soft on the forehead while I ask for forgiveness over and over and over. I will ask for forgiveness until they give you back to us. One more hour. I am sorry. I am sorry. I have never taken my hands out of the temple. I am sorry. I have worn colors other than yours. I am sorry. Tonight, I I want to take someone in my arms who knows nothing of your songs. Tonight, 
I want someone to hear you when you sing, I am not a human, I am a dove, and I want sudden white wings to push from the tops of their shoulders. Tonight, I want a whole diner to try to hit the high notes, and I want to be your lover, and I want them to fail, but still keep trying (laughs) until they wake with voices sweeter than the ones they fell into bed with. Tonight on Livingston Avenue, they are tearing down the bar where I learned to love you first and building a coffee shop. They are dragging the jukebox out back and setting it on fire, and I can see your face in the flames from four states away. They are keeping nothing but the chairs. Years from now, a boy will run his hands underneath them and get his fingers stuck in a kaleidoscope of stale gum, and this is how he will first learn your name. And this is how he will first learn of resurrection, and he will then know nothing of loneliness. And he will then know there is always a place where we are never dead. There is always a place where we are never dead. There is always a place where we are never dead. There is always a place. Welcome back to the Smoking Rhyme Show on all new B87 FM. It's Rex 45. I'm on a mic. That one right there. Hanif Willis. And I'm not going to even attempt to do his last name because I will um, do a pretty bad job at it. Ode to Prince. I like that. Uh, you know, Prince is um, one of my favorite artists, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it just right off the rip just to write a song. I mean, a poem about, uh, you know, Ode to Him, like I'm sure I'm sure a gazillion people may have. But that one went right there, uh, you know, it's... it's you almost felt like you were uh, in Missouri, um, you know, walking down the street, you know, chilling in the diner. I, I, I like that. That was pretty cool. So there you have it. Um, if you don't know, it's the Smoke and Rhyme show. I think I may have mentioned that. Uh, poets out there, send me an email, poetry at com. Drop G from, you know, G and smoking. Um and uh, send me send me send me some of your stuff, and and you will see what we'll see what happens. Uh, if you want to, if you're interested in listening to previous shows, which I'm pretty sure you are, check out SoundCloud. You know the extension already, but Rexy45, so SoundCloud.com, um, R E X Y four five the number, um, and uh, you can listen whenever you want. When you wake up, when you go, you know, whenever you want. That's what it means when you say whenever you want. We're gonna get into some pot talk. Um, as uh, what's the word I'll be looking for right about now? Um, it's interesting. So as I said, uh, we we're we we're going to talk about male and female plants, uh, marijuana, cannabis plants, um, and fifty percent of the seeds you have, male and female. I like the ratio. That's pretty good. We like ratios like that. Um, And what else? Uh, The male plants are the ones that I guess are the ones that are useless. So that's the unfortunate side for being a male uh, in in the um, the marijuana world. You know, sometimes I have too many hands and... And it's, and, it's, and, it's, and it's not 
it's not good sometimes sometimes it is sometimes it isn't and and you know last week i was talking about this new toy i have which is making my life easier and i haven't committed it all to memory so you know as as we on the mic like to be perfectionists and stuff like that but i can admit when i make a mistake um so anywho where was i we were talking about male and female plants yeah so if you have seeds and, 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 you know, whatever percent you have, chances are 50% will work, 50% work, will not work. Um, there's some recommendations of, of, of the best ways and probably, uh, you know, you figure out the laws between places. But I assume places like Colorado and uh, the other three states that are, that are recreational and probably both medical, I suspect as well, uh, you can inquire uh, there's online places that you that you can that you can inquire that you can get seeds from. So probably some of these places are in places, but you obviously figure out the laws, people, because it's not you know you can't just say hey Rex 45 said I can just do this. And we don't we don't want that to happen because no, I did not. Um, so yeah, so you know if you if 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 you come across seeds and 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 you decide you want to grow them, that that's it. Um, there's ways to figure out the gender of the plant early enough. So the downside of the downside of being a male is that you, you pretty much kill everything ar- around you. So that's why you want to get rid of it. Uh, other than that, I mean, if it's by itself, you can you just want to wa- let it. You know, if you if you believe in not you know just ending things lives and you want it to live out as its good old days, you know, throw it somewhere where you, you're not trying to grow anything else. Um, so that's the that's that's the reason why. So you you have to be able to figure that out soon enough so that way you know, you don't have male if you if you have, you know, a couple plants. Um if you're in one of these places where it's legitimate, you know what I mean? You know, you know what I'm saying. So you know, you you can do that. There's some work you'd have to do and this stuff is all online. I'm not, you know, you know, pre-flowering and 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 is you know how long it takes for 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 it takes about six weeks uh, uh, for the for for you to be able to reveal for the plant to reveal its uh, its gender. It's pretty cool. Six weeks, you know. Uh, there's the, you know like every other tomato plants or any other plant, you have to you know change it from pot to pot as the plant grow. So you know there's those things you have to look out for. Uh, I, I suspect you'd have to, you know, figure out uh, conditions that you want to grow these things in as well. So if you did not know, though, there is a male and a female plant. And from my understanding, and, and I probably, you know, I don't like to say things I haven't verified. But it, it, from my understanding, you can almost trick the plant as well to change sex. So, you know all type of possibilities but you know it might not be worth it is all I'm saying but you could uh, which is pretty 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 impressive I like my new toy this is this, this thing is makes my life oh, I love it gotta pay some bills we'll be back You're listening to the Smoking Rhyme show on all new B87 FM it's Rex 45 I'm on the mic we'll be back I 
days, five nights, which stops in Montego Bay and Ocheria, November 14th to November 19th. Welcome to Jamrock Reggae Cruise. A star-studded lineup of performers. Damien Jr., Gang Martin, Steven Ragamuffin, Roots, and the Maytel, Sean Paul, Chronic, Jacques Cure, Taurus Riley, Bounty Killer, Beanie Man, Vegas, Bungie Garland, Movado, and more. Cabins and payment plans are available. Get them now. Welcome to ChamrockReggaeCruise.com. I started going cold turkey. Well, at least when I'm in the car. I know I shouldn't do it, but it's so hard to stop. That's why I hide it from myself, so I won't be tempted. I used to do it all the time. I stopped by locking it in my glove compartment. My friend used to do it way too much. Now I turn it off when we're in the car. My solution is simple. I just don't do it. There are lots of ways to stop yourself and others from texting and driving. How will you stop? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. There's hundreds of fun and simple things you and your family can do to live a healthier lifestyle. Here's 20 of them. Eat less, eat slower, eat smarter, eat your fruits and veggies, stop eating before you're full, up your fiber, lower your calories, get off the bus early, do some gardening, do jumping jacks, take the stairs, take one, not two, take on a new sport, take a long walk home, walk instead of drive, bend, stretch, reach for the stars, climb the monkey bars, skip the fudge bars. (sighs) Search We Can online to find more ways you and your family can get healthy together. A message from the Ad Council, HHS, and NIH's We Can program. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. I am here for all my young women. When they need a friend. I am here for all my young women when they think there is no one to turn to. I am here for all my young women to let them know that you can now stand up to this senseless abuse. Please join my efforts in saving our daughters with the Yale Confidence Initiative. And we can all stand up together to make a difference to help stop domestic violence and date abuse with our young women. This message from Kelly Rowland was brought to you by the Yell Confidence Campaign and B87.7. More hip-hop. Oh, it's Sport Dare Talk. Nagasa. More R&B. My mind's telling me no. Or the all-new B87. Welcome back to the Smoking Rhyme Show on this all-new B87. Just like he said, we're here um, every Monday night, midnight to 2 a.m., giving you that poetry that you you want to listen to you should listen to and if not i mean you got no choice um at least until you got a little bit of choice but i won't tell you what to do if you don't already know what to do because why would i do that so that last piece uh oh we were talking about the pot cafes in the last part of the um first hour time flies when we're having fun um yeah there's some you know male plants and female plants it's um very interesting so uh, there's plenty of information to, as you already know, the wor- the wide the world wide web have everything at your fingertips these days. Can you believe it? So I got racing uh, coming up this weekend, and my training as as uh, if you you know from last week, Bobby Shakes. Shout out Bobby Shakes uh, for for popping in last week and and and, and chatting it up with me. Uh, for a little bit in training so it's like you know i trained over the weekend and 
Uh, well, I've been training during the week, too. You know, it, tra- it worked out today, which is I normally don't because I prep for the show. I, I like to do... Um, yeah, I like to just come in and get in the zone because I'm going to be listening to some poetry for a little bit. So it's, um, you know, I usually just don't, you know, I like just sit down and do that. And, you know, maybe have something, you know, to sip on or something. You know, it's all I'm saying when you're listening to poetry. So, but today I actually, you know, like wanted to go work out, you know, even though I know I might feel it tomorrow because I'm an early riser. Um, I went out and, and, and did it and felt good. Felt pretty good, real good, actually. You know, I, you know, it's it's good. So, you know, you'll hear me, uh, I, you know, talk about it next week and how how either well I did or not. Which is, you know, it's it's if for those don't know, it's uh, it's I've moved up to a um, bigger bike, so uh, a bigger class. Uh, jumped up in the license class as well. So faster riders, new bike. You know, season of just really learning, learning the bike, uh, learning to manage uh, tires and suspension. And it's just so much weather, you know, managing tire pressure, understanding what your tires look like when they wear. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's so much to process. Uh, when I was slower, you didn't have to worry about nothing because you weren't going fast enough to... Uh, have any have any of these things be a factor? Uh, so it, it, it's 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 you know so and I'm and you know it's like we're pretty much halfway through the season. Our, our season's not like MotoGP where I think it's like eighteen or twenty races. We we have uh, uh, eight races, I believe eight. Mm, yeah, uh, eight races uh, over the course of eight months. You know, one one uh, one weekend a month. It's not the military. So, you know, it, it's like halfway through, and now it's it's time to see if all you know the, put everything together, right? You know, this is this is this is the you know, am I making where am I at in in in, in the goals that I've set, and 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 you know, it's like almost like an exam, and and so, you know, give me a shout six one seven four four zero eighty seven seventy seven, and you can wish me luck because it is uh you know it's if it helps, the, the people who race they know then then they know what it's like order to. To do anything, anything where there's, you know, people looking at you. So that means if you just leave the house. All right, I will save you. I will get back into some poetry now. You're listening to the Smoking Rhyme Show. It's Rex 45. I am on the mic. to pray cause I need something that'll wash out the pain and most I'm sleeping all these demons away but your ghost the ghost of you it keeps me away mm-hmm. some nights I wake, I wake up screaming, screaming. Jolted from dreams, my parent visits the shadow of my father's voice shouting my name, his jaundiced eyes staring past me. A mother's bald head, seared red from radiation, her face warped into a blur of unrecognizable skin. 
I wake up scared and shaking like the little girl who's in trouble again and has a father to answer to. Like the teenage boy watching his mother deteriorate. Like, like the, the night we found them with no breath left to say goodbye. This is what it means to have a ghost. To be willingly haunted. To miss someone so fiercely. You'll, you'll accept them even in demon, demon form. When, when your, your parent, parent dies. The image of them as a corpse stitches itself to the back of your eyelids. Turns every blink into an open casket. Every, every night, night into a funeral relive. I've begun wishing for the night terrors. In other dreams, someone I love is always dying. But, but in these, I dream the dead back to life. We understand the paradox. How sadistic it is to yearn for the worst parts of them. I feel safe with my father appearing in nightmares. Because what's the alternative? There's nothing peaceful about oblivion. No, no closure in forfeiting a parent to the nothingness of space. So, so we, we abandon rationality and cling to the only forms of them remaining. Recollecting the gore of my mother is better than her vanishing completely. I only remember my father's yelling, but that's better than his silence. And on, on the mornings after they come, when the photo under my pillow was enough to summon her, my mistakes are enough to conjure him from the grave. In, in the, the haze between, between dream and awake, when their familiar hands shake us from sleep, like we aren't the only ones in the room, like my parent isn't dead. For I realize I'm an adult who answers to no one. When, when I'm, I'm not, not motherless yet, yet, the day becomes a soothing promise, a reason to look to the heavens and give thanks. Because today, loneliness lives on the other side of the fence, and, and our, our families feel a little more full. So call us demented. Say... They are the ones who sleep so heavy, gravestones shatter, but tonight I will again put the photo under my pillow. And take comfort in my father chastising me from the next life. My fingers are still crossed for the hellish dreams. It's the only dimension they exist in now. Our subconscious, the only life they have left. But your ghost, ghost of you, it keeps me away. You're listening to the Smoking Rhyme Show on the on you B eighty seven FM is Rex forty five. I um Ian on the mic. Hey, you know, habits are right? How about, did you see did you see that? Almost. Almost, almost, almost. Almost happened. But it did not. Close, close, close. Here every Monday night, midnight to two. Um if you're in town, we've got some people come into uh Brighton Music Hall, uh, Femi Kuti, and I believe it's the Positive Force. Get it on your calendar. Is 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 all I can I can I can, I can say. Come on, go check it out. It's happening. You know what is that? That that's like Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday the twenty sixth. Uh, I think I might you know try to come out. I might you know I'll, I'll be very tired from a rate from racing. Blah blah blah. And you know, doing show and and stuff. But I'm gonna. I I, I think if I can muster energy, I, I might. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna come out um, and check it out because it's one of those artists as well that you have to uh, you have to go check out. And and because they don't come around, they, they, they. I mean, these these folks that travel the globe, you know, they don't come around that often. So you know, I mean, they're out working, but they don't come to your town that often. So definitely get it on your calendar and you have the one and only King Yellow Man I'll play some Yellow Man a little bit later because I'm a big fan of of, of Yellow Man I, I would sing his tunes but I can't I'm not a singer so 
I will I will play you some Yellow Man, so that way you can um, at the end of the show, so you can uh, check them out. I mean, I've been kind of doing that for a few shows, so by now you should be singing the song. It's actually a funny song, uh, and I like it. All right, I will uh, stop with the chit chatter. Back to some more poetry. This one right here is Taylor Steele. All these buddies. Lots of buddies. Better ask somebody. After Patricia Smith. Another black boy got killed today. And he was my brother, but not. And he was my son. If there is a word for being rebirthed, unborn, if he can have not been yet and just have been at the same time, another black girl got killed today. And she was sick. Like me, I got killed today. If there is a word for being in this body alive, but also in another body to feel another body lose its body and to, and to return to one's own alive. But knowing death now like a thing it lived through because it did, another black fill in the blank got killed today. Is there a word for reliving someone else's trauma, but also it is your trauma because your body is still everyone else's body, even when you are alone? Even when your mother tells you you came out of her, you know you also came out of so many other dark holes. And you remember the casket as a door to a room you were told never to go in, even though your name is etched into its wood like an incantation. Is there a word for that? For I cried for an hour yesterday because America is the loneliest angry song I've ever heard and once knew all the words too. Is there a word for that? For forgetting a song? Is there a word for forgetting when you've forgotten the word itself? You just remember mourning this thing you knew once, the way you know how to hold your breath and you hold your breath in your body and inhale in another and suddenly a dead black fill in the blank is alive again. But really it is just you not having died yet. And the world sighs relieved because it knows you will die soon anyway because what is a black body but not a body at all just maybe air just maybe a pinky promise white supremacy outgrew just maybe maybe the seeing the seeing of the hunter his rifle the forest the deer the sign that says it is not hunting season seeing the hunter his rifle the forest, the dead deer, maybe that is it. But that is not a word. Is there a word for that? For being the thing that sees without a body to see through? For being a thing? For being black? Is there a word in American for that? You is smart. You is kind. You is important. Nicole Parker, New York blogger, has reasoned that black women across America ought to be outraged at the depiction of the maids in the film The Help. I look at my computer screen and wonder, outraged about what? 
The only people ever offended by the truth are those when given the choice prefer the lies. See, I find this film to be mildly nostalgic. It reminds me of my grandmother who cleaned houses by day and was a Chicago hotel maid by night. It reminds me of my mother showing me pictures of her grandmother's house back in Mississippi. The floor shined even through the photographs. She reminds me we didn't have much, but it was always clean. It reminds me of Saturday morning spent earning my right to go outside back when children had to earn their right to go outside. Are the baseboards clean? My mother would ask as if anybody but her ever noticed a dirty baseboard anyway. It reminds me that cleanliness is next to godliness and I have the blood of broom-toting angels flowing through my veins. Miss Parker, what were you expecting? This ain't no damn Ancestry.com commercial. This is the story of history at its finest, the story of women who kept their prayers in their apron pockets and sprinkled them over dinner so the children they raised would know love long after they were gone. Women who knew 101 ways to use Crisco. Women who knew school is somewhere they'd been once upon a time but can never go back because 90 cents an hour keeps bellies full and clothes on backs. What pisses me off is that you... Like too many people I know think that this history is something to be ashamed of. See, it's okay to be from any other chapter in the history book, but you'll be damned if you be black. My knowledge of my ancestors may only span 250 years, but I am proud to be the daughter of freedom marchers, of Mississippi maids, of Birmingham martyrs. You laugh at our grandmothers for getting your language wrong. They were just trying to do their best with the stolen pieces they were given. On May 6, 2012, I graduated from Georgia State University, and it was a testament to the women who came before me, who cleaned houses so that I wouldn't have to, who served coffee quietly so that I could be a poet. It was for Geraldine Harris, Ophelia McGinnis, Aunt Katie, Aunt Essie, Aunt Annie, so they would know I don't take anything they did for granted. What pisses me off is that you, you make fun of them mantra my grandmother's spirit speaks to me every day you is smart you is kind and damn it you is important in praise of k-dot 16 bars for kendrick lamar one Incomparably complex compositions kill off commonplace conservative condescension. These cocksure clowns can't even come through. I commend Compton, that black future supercomputer for producing you. Flows decompose written form, new growth, compost fills the booth. Two, Kendrick, you could have wrapped your entire album over the sound of snow melting, and it still would have been the best hip-hop record I heard last fall. Three. Three. You are never cornball. You are always crop circle. You are a mutiny in outer space. 30 enslaved men swinging sickles the same way sky ripples before the storm. Four, you actually freestyle when you freestyle. I know this because I've seen it. Helicopter and hella proper and get the doctor are all strangers that sound like old friends when you spit. You do not fear the page, but you are not chained to it. Five, what are you chained to? Six, when schoolboy Q tells all the white people at his concerts to say the N-word, does anything inside you curl into a fist? Seven. At what age did you first trade fist for microphone? Whether booth or block, did it ever stop feeling like a fight to be seen? Eight, this is slightly off topic, but backseat freestyle might actually have the dopest instrumental in the history of ever. Nine, do you ever get tired of the word ever? When someone calls you the best West Coast rapper ever, 
Does it bruise like a birthday punch? Does this question of lyrics versus history versus aesthetics rest on your mind like a plucky barnacle just taking up space? 10, there is ever a zombie apocalypse and someone has to record the history of the human race. I will nominate you. I have a feeling that you will make everything sound even more electric. 11, does Shireen ever call? 12, <laughs> do you ever feel blackbird small? Inside, are you still a boy running home from Bible study, cursing the weight of your textbooks as gunfire serenades the neighborhood? 13, we real hood, we rap good, we sell dope, we held hope, we let it go, we never know. When death comes, no cops show, them play clothes, them real guns, friends all gone, they stole my song. We die, we die out here, we fly, magpies out here, black birds, black boys destroyed my world, they tried. 14, black boy blues articulated pitch perfect. If nothing else, your words make the whole world worth it. 15, every word is words worth work turned up. Word is bond. Word to Kierkegaard. Word to the murky psalms that fly from your pen. The reverb Negro spirituals humming under every act of lyrical dexterity. Amen to that, to the melody of all that dark noise. Word to the kids in the suburbs who can no longer call their privilege invisible. Words are bonds. Your bars break the chains. You sing the ineffable 16. We will sing about you. I promise. To the fathers of too many of the women that I've dated, the day I meet you, I always straighten my tie. I use the biggest words I know. I break out the good shoes so you can see them before you see past them. I always go in for the handshake. See, I've been practicing my good, strong grip. I go in for the shake, look you in the eye like a man. I always see it. That surprised face. That face that says, oh. Says, oh, shit. Says, oh, shit. My daughter did not bring home a black guy. Yup, that's me. I am your daughter's first black boyfriend. Surprise. I bet... I bet you didn't see that one coming. Yes, indeed. Your daughter is, in fact, down with the brown. I'm sorry. I guess this means you must have failed as a parent. Or maybe it's just a phase. Let's hope it's just a phase still. I know you tried to nip this in the bud when you were young. See, you caught her watching Tyler Perry one time, and you slapped her across the mouth. She said, but Dad, I was only flipping through the channels, to which you replied, Becky, you better take your ass in your room and go watch an episode of Full House starring Bob Saget. Bob Saget. (laughs) Yet still... Those 30 seconds of Medea's family reunion must have burned a hole into her heart because now I'm here, your worst nightmare. You know how it goes. Once you go black, you never go back. Say it with me, y'all. Once you go black, you never go back. And it's permanent. That's right. It's real. It's real like she's going to look at Ryan Gosling and think, I wish he was darker, yo. I wish he was darker. It's real. It's real like you can Google that shit on WebMD. It's real. It's real like if my penis was in Congress, they'd call it the majority whip. And and speaking of Congress, 
Did you know that the first American law against interracial marriage was made in 1691? Interracial marriage was not made legal in the, in the United States until 1967. America is often lauded as being the great melting pot for the way it brings together different races, different cultures, different differences. Do not call this country a melting pot when nothing has melted. Do not call this country a melting pot. Forget how long it was illegal to mix. You might never live a day in the life of this skin, and I won't ever yours, but shared experience has value regardless. One girl taught me how to swing dance. I taught her how to duggy. One girl taught me about soul food from Korea. I taught her about soul food from my kitchen. So to all the fathers like you, this is simply what it looks like when your children do better than you did. Wake up. If I am your worst nightmare, you need to figure out what the f is wrong with your dreams. Welcome back to the Smoking Rhyme Show on, on UB87 FM. It's Rex45. I'm on MIC. Feeling real good right there. That one right there was Dave Harris, Black Boyfriend. Ha ha. I will not comment. I will not comment on that. I like that poem though. It's, um, hey, you know, you know, what am I going to say? You heard it. You know it. Uh, that's that. Uh, we got to, who was before them? I got to tell them who these people are because they were some good ones. Uh, uh, Ashley Hayes, the help. And then you had uh, Tyler Steele, all these bodies. A poem to Patricia Smith. And if, it, if it's the Patricia Smith I'm thinking about, uh, the poet, uh, um, yeah, man, you know, it's Patricia Smith. And you heard those, and I, I, I could go on, but I, I, I got a bunch more poems to play, plus I got some bills to pay pretty soon. So I got this next one. I won't really talk it up too much. Uh, what, did that, what, what, who's, who's been moving the paper around? I got this next one right here. I won't say no more. It's coming up. Rules for the functioning alcoholic. A love poem. Do not drink before work. It is too fun. You will enjoy everything and everyone will like you more. Which means they will want you to work more and no one likes more work except people who drink before work. You can see how this could be problematic. Do not drive a car. It's dangerous and much slower than biking, which becomes a form of teleportation after your 11th drink. The only side effect of which is occasionally waking up in the hospital with hazy memories of flying. Do not drink around children. It puts you right at their sticky little level, which will result in meandering conversations about blocks or dinosaurs or potties or whatever the fuck it is kids talk about. Everyone will think you're great with kids, and bam! That's how it happens. You sober up one afternoon and you realize you're a child psychologist or dating a single mom. Do not keep Hot Pockets or pizza rolls in your freezer. This only ends in one of two ways. Waking up with third-degree burns on every part of your face or perishing in a house fire. Also, you're a functioning alcoholic. Learn to cook drunk. Do, do not cook drunk. 
everything will taste wonderful. You will wake up in the morning with amazing new recipes that you'll make in the future for the single mom you're dating, like pickles and cheddar cheese wrapped in crescent rolls and pan-fried in bacon grease, or steaks seasoned with coriander and drugs. These recipes taste terrible to sober people, and she will tell you that, and you are too delicate to take criticism from someone who had kids on purpose. Do not order delivery. It seems like a good idea, but let's think about how this plays out. Scenario one, you pass out before it arrives and are not roused by the delivery person's throttling of your front door. This strikes you permanently from the list of your favorite pizzerias and sandwich shops, which you will have to explain to the single mom you're dating the next time she wants to stay in and watch a movie. Scenario two. You remain semi-conscious and tip the delivery driver a solid 600%, which you will have to explain to the single mom you're dating when you can't afford the pizza or sandwiches that arrive at your apartment in record time. Do not freestyle. You're not better at it when you're drunk. And no matter what you may think, and it does not turn anyone on, not even single moms, do not tell anyone you love them. You most likely do not, and if you do, that's none of their business. Keep it to yourself in that place where you keep your feelings locked up tightly deep inside of you in your shame cage. It's hard enough being a single mom without some drunk dumping all sorts of romantic avowals all over you like a college kid might puke tequila all over the sidewalk. Amateur move, dude. Do not fall in love. It will make you begin to question your commitment to slowly killing yourself. It will motivate you to emerge from your booze-soaked haze for just long enough to stare into the eyes of another person and admit that in moments they are more important to you than all the laughter and attention and teleportation and hot pockets that this life choice has afforded you. It will be a concession that there are maybe some memories you want to hang on to for longer than an evening. It will force you to make decisions that you might not regret. Overheard in conversation, tell a woman, presumably a friend, you are too ugly to be raped. Dear man on the bus, tell the one in five women of this country that they are beautiful, their four counterparts spare torment ugly. Tell the one in three women of this world that you will not make pinatas of their bodies. Watch morsels of them spill greedily to the famished smiles of your ignorance shaped like bloodthirsty children. How your words hit repeatedly until they broke open like a shattered papier-mâché cradle. Their blood flowed like candy until hollowed inside their jaws mangled into a misfortune from when they tried to scream for their legs torn into a crucifix. Their loud cry of eyes muted. Tell them how beautiful their silence is, dear man on the bus, from smothering cat calls to a quickened pace of trek home, rape with a dress on, rape without a dress on, raped as children who couldn't even dress themselves, tell them how ugly their consent was, tell the depression, the unreported, tell Mahmoudia, a footnote in crimson Iraqi sands, how beautiful the military silence is, and how we don't ask, and they didn't tell, in the name of country, tell Elizabeth Fritzel how pretty the flame of her skin was, that turned her father into a torturous moth of incest until she gave birth to seven choices that she never had. Dear man on the bus, 
tell my 11th grade student Lauren that she wanted it. Her beauty had them coming. Tell my 7th grade student Michaela that she wanted it. Her beauty had him coming. Tell my 3rd grade student Andre that he wanted it. His beauty had him coming. Tell the 8-year-old me. That the God in me I loved fiercely was so gorgeous that cousin twice my age wanted to molest the holy out of me, peeled raw until I was as ugly as she was. Rape is a coward that hides his face in the makeup of silence, a murderous fruit that grows best in the shadows of taboo, a Vietnam prostitute with red, white, and blue skin, a murmur of bodies left vacant by the souls that's been years and years and pills and pills and poems and poems and poems and even deaf trying to learn how to reclaim them dear nameless assailant this bus carries the burden of your stick and blindfold patriarchy heavy on your tongue on your tongue your words are like a monstrous accomplice throwing up from your throat to the 97 percent that will never see a jail dear man on the bus as these words fall out of your mouth I pray that no one ever finds your children beautiful enough to break open and make a silent decorative spectacle out of them. Older sister would play teacher. Her students were me, my stuffed rabbit, and an American girl doll. She'd line us up at the end of the bed and teach us whatever she'd learned in school that day. Now she teaches ESL at an elementary school in Boston, and every week she tells me stories about her students. Anna does not know how to read in Spanish, much less English, but she still wants to be a writer when she grows up. Juan chooses to stay inside and study at recess so that one day he'll be able to teach his own brother. These kids are good organs in a sick body. In 2001, no child left behind gutted bilingual education. Students who have been in the country for one year are now expected to perform at grade level on standardized English tests. My sister is not allowed to instruct them in Spanish. If the kids don't jump high enough, the school loses money. Improving a school by picking its pockets is like tuning a guitar by ripping off the strings. <laughs> learning to read in a new language before you can even read in your own is like learning to walk while a pit bull is chasing you. Like learning to sing with the conductor's fist down your throat. This year for my sister's birthday, I got books for her students. A poem on one page in Spanish, the next in English. She is not allowed to help them read the first. Their heritage is a banned book. Learning to read in a new language when you can't even read in your own is like trying to heal a burn victim by drowning them. We are telling these children who have spent their whole lives in the deep end that they'll learn how to swim if they just float out a little farther. In the 1980s, American slaughterhouses began building corrals in curves so no animals could see the blood at the end of the tracks. This is how we kept them moving forward. In 2001, we began building the hallways of our schools in curves. This is how we keep them moving forward. You never learn, you fail the tests. You never learn, you fail the tests. You never learn, you drop out. I know I am lucky enough to be one of the winners of this game. I was handed a head start and a rule book in my own tongue, but the winners of a rigged game should not get to write the rules. On the television, some senator preaches that throwing money at an urban school is like feeding caviar to your dog. They just won't know how to appreciate it. After all, if these parents can't take care of their own children, why should we? Well, tell that to Anna. 
who has my sister translate newsletters aloud to her father because he too was never taught how to read. Tell that to Juan, whose mother and baby brother are still in Guatemala, whose father works three jobs. My sister tells me school is the most stable place in these kids' lives. She has been a teacher since she was smaller than they are. But since when does being a teacher mean having to swear not to help? Since when does being a teacher mean having your hands tied while the schoolhouse burns to the ground? We are leading these children along a track built in circles as their lungs fill with smoke, telling them it is their fault. They can't find a way out. Dylan Garrity from Slam M. You're listening to the Smoking Rhyme Show on the all-new B87 FM. Strex 45, I'm on the mic here every Monday night, midnight to 2 a.m., giving you the poetry and overload of poets. Wow, right? The first one, uh, Piñata. I like that one. Um, then you had uh, Dylan Garrity with uh, Rig Game. Oh, man. Yeah, let me get that right. This is, yeah, you know, it's that kind of night. Um, these poets are, are pretty impressive, and that last one regained. I like. I mean, with all the things that's happening. I mean, everything I like. I played tonight. Um, I guess I, I don't like everything I played generally, but tonight's it's it's a good vibe because uh, you know poets are they help in the process. Of, of, of history and, and everything uh, you can chase it right back so um, you know that's what it is we're, we're, we're learning and we're jamming and we're having some fun in, 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 in the process let's keep that going this one's by Tucker Bryan Oreo I miss the days when junk passed through my stomach faster than a train without brakes. When I was a kid, I gobbled enough gobstoppers to finance my dentist Mercedes and chewed through chocolates and my face exploded in a collage of pimples like pepperoni pizza because who needs middle school crushes when they've got Hershey's Kisses? <laughs> the art of snacking was always carefree and fleeting until I had my first Oreo. There I was, swallowing them whole while the other kids would twist them apart. Licking off the cream before discarding of the brown shells like used Kleenex, Stacy said, the white part just tastes better. The irony of all this is that my mother used to say that you are what you eat, but the first time somebody called me an Oreo, nothing about this skin felt sweet. When somebody tells you that you are not really black, they'll smile a shade of ignorance that expects you to wear their words like a medal. They expect you to cling to those words as if their bigotry is the closest thing your hands will ever come to touching white privilege. When somebody calls you an Oreo, they'll hit the emergency ejection button on their throat and force a laugh that assures you that you'd be a fool to be offended because this is a pat on the head. This is how they thank you for not forcing them to swallow the parts of you that don't sit right in their stomach, in their suburbs, in their supremacy, Stacy. Thank you for proving that you don't have to call me your dog to make me feel like you own me. You, you are the reason I cannot lift my hand in a lecture hall without feeling like a traitor to my own complexion. As if the only way for me to jumpstart my career was to stand on a free throw line. She called me an Oreo because I was the first shade of brown that she hadn't seen on the O'Reilly show. I was the first shade of brown that hadn't been served to her in a Starbucks coffee cup and whitewashing. Whitewashing is adding creamer to your coffee because you've become dependent on artificial sweetener to make it easier to swallow. Because you love the caffeine but can't stand how bitterly the blackness binds to your tongue. 
but forgive me for refusing to sugarcoat my skin whenever you need a pick-me-up. Your compliments are as hollow as a paper mache smile, and I refuse to shake hands with somebody who thinks that mine belong in cuffs. Blackness is not something we abandon the moments we grow too large to fit your television screen, and I will never, ever, ever stay silent in a world that expects me to leap out of my own ancestry just to earn its approval, because acceptance Acceptance means more than looking for a mirror inside somebody else. What makes you think the best we could be was a reflection of you? So pardon my French, but you and your Oreo, Klondike, York bars, and peppermint patties. Stop calling us candy. You're feeding us empty calories, and they will never fill us. I never wanted to be all I could be. I never wanted to do more before 6 a.m. than anyone else, but I had to get out of the ghetto. So I joined the U.S. Army. I enlisted in the 7th Infantry. My recruiter told me to make sure that the hourglass patch on my shoulder stayed top-heavy. Private, dig that hole. Private, shave your head. Private, do you love your country? It is easy to make a man do things that are inhumane if you first make him forget that he is human. Atrocities are less atrocious when they are part of the job description. When I saw my first dead Iraqi child, I convinced myself that this is what I had trained for. When I saw my 10th dead Iraqi child, my brain created a compartment to keep them in. When I saw my first dead U.S. soldier, I convinced myself that it would never be me. These towel heads will never be the death of me. And for the next 11 months, my nerves were no doles washed down with Red Bull. I said hello to Haji with my sidearm. A family man looks just like a suicide bomb in that country. A woman wearing hijab looks just like a woman wearing a C4 vest. They say jihad means holy war. Well, I pray to the wrong God in that country. So their holy war was a war against me. I began to shoot first and not ask questions at all. I came home with all of my fingers and toes. But I was not a whole person when I got back. My brain would open up that death compartment at night. I am a soldier. I ain't no pussy. But charred bodies make horrible alarm clocks. Lucifer's barbecue has a tendency to stick to your nostrils. Insomnia has never soothed frayed nerves. Girlfriends make horrible punching bags. First Sergeant Lucas told me post-traumatic stress doesn't exist. He gave me a speech on manhood. The psychiatrist at Walter Reed, he made me wait for six hours. He gave me three weeks of medical leave and a prescription. When the medicine doesn't make you feel better, you begin to feel hopeless. Jim Beam is the only cure for hopelessness that I have ever heard of, Your Honor. That taxi driver was an insurgent. He had an IED strapped to his cab. Do you know how much damage that would cause on Main Street? I could not stand for innocent American casualties. I said hello to Haji with my sidearm. He threw his money at me. I am not an armed robber. I am a hero. Why are you treating me like a criminal? I just did what they trained me to do. Give an applause to, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the most amazing mother uh, in my life, uh, uh, mother of my children. Uh, I'm selfish, yeah. And a brilliant, amazing poet, nonetheless. Give an applause to Nicole Homer, please.
put a ring on it. That's awesome. <laughs> Things only a black mother can prepare you for. From my two older brothers and their friend Jason. The oldest sat in the passenger seat. He grew his first mustache at 13. His little brother's chest was still a birdcage sitting in the back seat of his best friend Chevy. Jason was crooked gap grin, dirty jokes, and the only white face among the five boys. He was the smallest. By one and a quarter inches, his dick jokes all had the same punchline. Jason sat in the back seat between two black boys, each one of them next to a rolled down window. In the front, two more black boys, two more open windows. All five boys in the car sang in unison with the radio and prayed to the same God. For years now, they had whispered in the back of the church about girls who stood in the front of the church whispering about them. The four black boys in the car thought about their mothers when they passed the sedan, white and unmarked. Jason sat in the middle of the back seat with no warning rising up in him. His mother had never bought flowers for a young man's funeral or advised her son on how to avoid attending his own. Say yes, officer. Say no, officer. Keep your hands on the wheel. Every boy but Jason. Jason breathed deep and remembered their lines. When the red and blue noise tangled in the air above the car, the Chevy answered by bringing its body already more rusted than when they had left home to the shoulder of the road. Four of the boys were pale as dead men. The officer pulled them out of the car with only his voice and his badge. Jason was praying to the same God. His friends were those four black boys eyeing the blue uniform and the familiar face it wore. Jason got half-hidden sideways looks when the officer pulled him away from the others and spoke to him in hushed tones. Are you okay? He did not understand. In the side view mirror, he saw his friends. The man's eyes repeated, are you okay? He stepped closer, closer to the boy, close enough to offer the secret handshake of his concern with them. Jason's friends, several feet and a world away, stood staring at the ground, looking apologetic, thinking of their mothers, of black dresses, of their own crime scene faces. Jason, somehow whiter now than when they had left home, nodded, like an apology to the boys he grew up with. Back in the car, the radio offered up a song they could all sing like a hymn to the same God. Dirty little secret 
came in a white bottle that promised to make you two shades lighter, yet no chemical could quell me at 12. I decided to bathe in bleach. I thought that this skin was a sin. But thank God it didn't work. Thank God I found out that whitewash will never be an effective holy water. Mistook myself as a martyr. They called me a mess. Said my skin was dirty. So I tried to convince myself I could never love a black man. Tried to convince myself I could never be with anyone who looked like me. If I have ever rejected you because of your color, forgive me. Not recognizing your beauty was just me trying to reject that same beauty in myself, I was told. It was my responsibility to lighten the legacy. Like my color could be erased. Like it is easier to be a lighter shade. People have always tried to question blackness, but now we have to ask Rachel for our identity back. Stop it! With the team light skin versus dark skin, who cares if you can't win the game? They're trying to reduce black to ash while you put up hashtags. Listen, they do not believe that black lives matter. If they did, why are we still being murdered in every shade? Can't even pray while black. Our skin is too holy. Our skin has always been targeted. Ain't no hiding, ain't no safe. This skin has never given me the option to dismiss it. My dark can do damage. My dark can rip your race apart. I am black. I am a celebration. Call me ugly. And I'll summon my black girl magic to swallow you whole. Call me darky. And I'll make sure to show this world the light. This black is magic. It is not a mistake, y'all. Black is beautiful. In this shade, in this shade, in my shade. Welcome back to the Smoke and Rhyme Show on the all new G87 FM. It's Rex 45. I'm on the mic here every Monday midnight to 2. That last one right there was Sasperé Light Turd. Yeah, right? That one right there. And, I mean, all of them tonight is just that. I, you know, I'll let the poems speak for themselves. I won't, I won't, I won't add, because, you know, again, when I get going, I'm on my soapbox. Well, this is like my soapbox. Um, I get to, I get to, you know, tell you what's bugging me. You bugging me? Anyway. All right. I, w- I will not quote movies most of you might not know. Um... Who was before? I guess I should at least say their names. This is the least I can do. Um, well, let's see. Uh, G- uh, JG. I said just an initial. Guilty as trained. Um, Nicole Homer for that. So, you know, so you got them there. Um, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. I'm going to try to squeeze one more in. And then we're going to get into the pot cafe. Uh, Cannabis Cafe. I like. I think I'm gonna go with Cannabis Cafe. Yeah, Cannabis Cafe time. Cause um, we're 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 sophisticated. Um, so let me get one more in. Smoking rhyme on on UB87 FM. It's Rex 45. We're here every Monday night, uh, midnight to two, giving you um, as they say, what you need. Uh, who will we? Oh, these two. Um, let me talk to these ones. These ones up a little bit. Um, well, one I won't talk up because if I if I, well, uh, I won't give up, I won't name give up one. Charles Hines, he's he's pretty funny, but um, Ollie, threesome. This one is um, it's uh, I don't know. I I I, I, I will. I'm trying to set it up, but I'm not doing it justice. I'm just gonna go ahead and um, 
Yeah, give me what you need. Threesomes are great! By which I mean the idea of a threesome is great. All of you and your limbs and heaving bodies and probably sweaty and yeah, that sounds great to have so many people in one better floor or public restroom. But here I am in a Starbucks with a couple I met off OkCupid okay and they don't really look like their picture or else do, but, but more human and for some reason that's terrifying. So I begin dipping my hair into my coffee and squeezing it drop by drop into my mouth like a little hamster. And both of them are watching me blink and feeding each other cookies and babbling on about aunts I haven't met. And then suddenly we're setting boundaries like which holes can stretch enough for which appendages and which appendages we've all got and want to use and how many cups are in a pint and who is technically a part of the Soviet Union. And then the entire coffee shop stands up and yells in unison, like in the musicals, anus, anus, anus. And then suddenly my coffee becomes very interesting. Like, 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 why would I need to make eye contact with anyone ever when I've got my good old coffee right here? <laughs> a week later, I'm in their bed. Cis girl with short blonde hair and a long face. Cis boy with a buzz cut and fading lips who warns me he's uncircumcised. And I wonder if I'm supposed to act different because of that information. So I say, congratulations, which, which I don't think was the right answer. And the girl has all of her stuffed animals on the bed and it smells like, like, like macaroni, which reminds me of Nate Pajubo's mom in the seventh grade and how years later, Nate and I smoked synthetic in the back of his car while we ate sandwiches his mom made. Even though I'm not really a smoker or that into sandwiches, still there I was toking it up with my sister's ex-boyfriend in the back of a Honda Civic. And now, in this bed with a homemade quilt like my grandma makes, this boy tells me he's uncircumcised and, and I don't give a shit or even know what that means exactly, like, 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 like for my mouth or whatever. But suddenly, it makes it real, like, 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 like really real, and, and the car of my body just won't start and I'm slamming on the dashboard waiting for some kind of spark, some kind of proof. I didn't just waste this proof that that night is no longer in control of my body but it doesn't come. And so I say, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, the trigger won't let me. I'm sorry, I, I know this isn't sexy. I can make it up to you tomorrow. I, I can go if you want me to. I'm sorry, I told you I'm a trauma survivor. And so we go to sleep instead. Boy, then girl, then me, all stuffed in this queen-size macaroni bed. Him cuddling her and me unsure where I should put my arms. If I can touch her. If her skin will still be there when I do. And so I try to be small. Like a hamster. Like a survivor. Like nothing at all. I have a disease. Actually, it's more of this condition that puts me in a position where people always look down on me. I diagnosed myself the day the cable man asked to see my ID. He told me there was no way I was 18. I knew his words weren't meant to be mean. He'd just been messed up by my chemical makeup. My condition isn't taught about in school. You can't find it in textbooks. Scientists are still studying its origins. It's a condition uncommonly known as Ariana Grande syndrome. 
For those who don't know, Ariana Grande syndrome is the major flaw in always looking like a minor. It was named after singer Ariana Grande, who's known for being the exact opposite of her name. Despite having the voice of an angel, she has the body of a cherub. We people who suffer from Ariana Grande syndrome seem to stop growing before we even start. Developing to look underdeveloped, maybe we hit puberty so hard it stopped. Tall people, tall people you laugh, but Ariana Grande syndrome, they call us tiny, travel size, pocket size, fun size. But there's nothing fun about being old enough to pay taxes, but too small to reach the cereal on the top of the refrigerator. I'm hungry and many, and I'm tired of being criticized for being right size. So many people don't understand the issues caused by Ariana Grande syndrome. Our lives are a constant battle to see past the person in front of us. Or people asking if we're old enough to do something. Or people using our heads as armrests. I mean, start getting the respect they deserve. There are plenty of people with Ariana Grande syndrome who contributed a lot to this world. For instance, Ariana Grande. I'm sure she sits on her stacks of money made from her two number one albums to help her see over her dashboard. But let's not forget Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. dreaming dreams big enough for this nation at five foot seven. Or how Spike Lee directed the world's attention from his stature to his films. I'm sure being five five doesn't kill Kendrick's vibe. So tell people, y'all might wanna check yourselves. Don't you know big change comes in small packages? We short people speak louder in order to be heard. We jump higher in order to be seen. You may look over us, but you can't overlook what we've done. Don't look at the tree and forget about the seed. Don't look at the ocean and forget the stream. Understand, David and Goliath ended up with Goliath on his back. Don't you get a big head to have it chopped off. That human armrest of yours might just be the next Gandhi, or Beethoven, or Spud Webb. Check the World Wide Web and educate yourself. All the bark with twice the bite. We changing this world with half the height. So you may look down on us now, but you'll look up to us later. Welcome back to the Smoking Rhyme Show. Threesomes are great! On the all-new B87FM, Trex45. I am on the mic here every Monday night, midnight to 2, giving you what what you need. Um, wow, huh? that last one was by Charles Hines. Ariana Grande syndrome for all the people that are, uh, you know, making changing the world and doing big things. That was pretty clever and pretty funny. And I thought it was a good way to end the show. I would uh, want to get into some pot cafe, but we don't have much time because there's so many poems tonight. And, you know, sometimes it, it's it's nice to just jam out to uh, to, to the poems. Um, but a quick rundown on the cannabis hemp or Mary J. Now, from, uh, it, it's from stuff, you know, you know, you can't always believe what you read, but, you know, 12,000 years ago, uh, you know, marijuana, cannabis, or hemp came about. It's even possible to be even 30,000 years ago. Uh, but back then, you know, they were using it more for fuel, fiber, food, medicine, and other, you know, other things before they started, you know, looking at the other side that, you know, you know what I'm saying. 
you know, it was uh, they had oils that were built out of it and a lot of stuff. So, you know, marijuana uh, has been around for a little bit and, you know, it only became illegal. I think it was around 1921 or something like that. Uh, so it was legal at one time to have and, and, to, and, and farmers, you know, they dealt with the situation way back when. So it's not to say it's never been. It's just been a long time since. Um, and, you know, so there's a lot of good. I, I mean, it's a lot of good that comes out of this. Obviously, there's some bad, but everything is no 100 percent good for shizzle. Um, yeah, I know. Right. Did I just do that? Um, but. You know, so that's that's the history, not a history, brief history rundown. Fortunately, we're out of time. I'll be back. Uh, I won't be back on the uh, sports fanatic, but check it out with Big E, host superstar G Dub in Boston Taj. I will be back Monday uh, for the Smoking Rhyme show, and I will uh, give you the rundown on 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 happenings. Don't forget, July thirty first, I will be at Lizard Lounge. Uh, as the featured poet, uh, shout out to Mr. Ice. He's gonna roll out with me. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna uh, hopefully uh, knock your socks off. See you guys next week. Keep a lock for Taurus in the morning with Jelly Santos and VOG. They give you everything you need uh, on your morning uh, venture. Peace. <laughs>